The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Okay, today I wanted to do something a little bit different. While I'm recording my podcast, I'm actually also uh, streaming on Instagram Live because I plan on being on Instagram a lot more. If you don't know uh, who I am and you're following Literary Symmetry on Instagram, my name's Kristen Spencer and I am the chief editor at Literary Symmetry. I've also been doing a podcast called Expensive Words and uh, this will be the 65th episode and we're having a lot of uh, listens and interactions so I'm really excited about that and uh, over there we're doing a self-empathy for writers course but I thought today I would take a step back (laughs) and think about where I am right now in the world (laughs) in my brain Uh, there's a lot going on in the U.S. right now we just had elections yesterday and we're still waiting to find out what's going to happen with that and I also uh (laughs) I've been doing a lot of soul searching as I'm going through these products, these information products that I'm making based on a huge epiphany that I had uh, last about like four months ago when COVID started. And so I wanted to share with you how I got to that epiphany point uh, because (laughs) it was like a really long process. So, but before we get to when COVID started, we have to go back a little bit further. And uh, if you know anything about me, you know that I've written a lot of books that haven't done that well. (laughs) I've also helped edit a lot of books that have become uh, much better versions of themselves. And I wanted to talk about how a few years ago when I first moved back to the U.S., um, I went to a parent-teacher conference and the teacher, my daughter's teacher, came up to me and she said, Oh, Kristen, I wanted to tell you that I didn't know you were a writer and I'm so excited that you are. And I was like, wait, what? I, I didn't, I didn't tell her I was a writer. And so, uh, I talked to my daughter when I got home and I was like, um, what, how does your teacher know that I write books? And she's like, oh, well, and she just kind of looked at me. I'm like, it's okay. You can tell me. And she said, I snuck one of the books that you wrote out of your library and I took it to school and showed all my friends for show and tell. And I was like, wait, what? And my first response wasn't that I was excited about it. My first response was complete and utter shame because I knew that that book hadn't sold well. I knew that the book wasn't that great. I had poured so much of my heart into it and my kids watched me pour my heart into this book And all of a sudden, uh, they were proud of it and I wasn't. And it was this really weird dynamic. And so at this like exact point when I found out that my daughter had snuck one of my books into her class and I was hoping they hadn't read it, 
uh, I was also going through this guru course where I had paid thousands of dollars to have someone walk me through the steps of making my stories and my nonfiction books profitable. And there was this promise, right, where they're like, okay, if you just do every single thing I say, then you will be able to make money doing the thing you love most, which for me is storytelling. And if you're watching this or you're listening to this, that's probably you too, right? You love storytelling. And so I gave them, I think, $3,000 of my husband's inheritance from when his father died because I was so sure that I would be able to make the money back because I was like, I know I have some writing chops. I know I can help people. But the truth is I did everything they said. I worked like crazy for months and I never saw any of that money back. And I, I later on came to the conclusion that it's because they were trying to sell me the idea of being a profitable writer. They weren't trying to sell me the skills I needed as a storyteller. So I kind of gave up on writing. I published my uh, book, Plunge Into Darkness, which ended up becoming a finalist in the, uh, the National Indie Awards. And I thought, okay, that's great. Some people understand that my book is good. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know how to sell it. I don't know how to market it. I've done all these things that this guru has said I should do, and I'm still failing. And I was like, you know, I just need a break. So I started to take a break from publishing. I was still writing the whole time. And I started to, uh, I went actually back to school and I became a certified copy editor. But when I did that, I was also writing uh, Write the Perfect Read, the non uh, the fiction edition, which is a love letter from me to writers. And I, I was going through this process of reviewing other books. I was like doing review exchanges. And I found out that there was a pattern, like there was a reason as to why people would stop reading. And I, as a reader, because I'm a really intense reader, I love reading. And I noticed that as a reader and as now an editor with all this editor knowledge in my brain, that there were six things that every time I saw them, I knew I wouldn't like the book. I knew I wanted to stop reading and never pick up that book again and never trust that author with my time or my money again. And so I, I, I noticed this pattern. I was like, this is a huge epiphany. And then do you know what I did? I went back and I reread the introductions to every single book that I had written uh, that was fiction. And I realized that I did at least four out of the six things every single time. And that was like a really sad day. I cried. <laughs> I cried because I was like, it's really important to me to get these stories out into the world. And I wanted to understand why was that so important to me. But also I had failed to do it in a way that I myself as a reader would be able to appreciate. And so I went ahead and made a list of all the things. And that is how Story Filters was born. And I started to test it out and I started to give it to people. And I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And they were like, oh, well, you talk a lot about over description, but my problem's under description. Like, that's what I heard back from some people. And I was like, oh, 
Well, actually, these filters that you're using can show you when you're lacking description if you do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, wow, yeah, I was missing this. No wonder the reader doesn't know what I'm talking about. And so I was really excited. And then I, I worked really hard. I came up with story filters. I wrote the follow-up, which is right this way, which explains the six things that you should never do unless you want writers to, I mean, unless you want readers to stop paying attention to you and never trust you again. And so I worked all that out and then I was like, now what do I do? How do I get this into the hands of writers who really care about this? So I had to start going back and thinking about what motivates readers. And so what did I do? Not readers, sorry, writers. There's a lot of writer-reader in this. So I was like, what really motivates writers to share their stories? So what did I do? I went into a bunch of different writer chats and I asked the question, why do you write? Why do you want to share your story? What is the goal that you hope to achieve by writing? And a lot of the time, I would get the answer like, I just want one person to tell me that I've done a good job. And so I realized like, you know, the guru program I had entered into, which was like all the writing guru programs are right now, that guarantee that you can get income if you write, that's not really what writers are after. Yes, okay, passive income is great. Do Would I love more passive income? Yes, I mean, I work really hard and I have a family, right? Um, but that's not the reason I write either. I write because storytelling is the cornerstone of human connection. And that's a really fun line that I came up with when I was working on Write This Way. And that's the thing that a lot of writers are craving. They want that connection and they also want validation. So then I started going back and thinking about, okay, a lot of people say that they want to write in order to become famous. And I thought, but what about all my favorite books? Were they written with the writer's goal being to become famous? And the answer is every time, no. All of my favorite books were written by people who loved to tell stories and wanted to make connections with readers, not to get famous. So I think that's one of the things that the writing gurus have backwards. They do not, they're, they're thinking that, oh, if you write, you can become famous and that's what everybody wants. No, that's actually not what everybody wants because... <laughs> then you wouldn't care about the quality of the story. If you don't care about the people you're connecting with, you don't care whether or not the story is good. And so I realized that all of my favorite stories were not written by people wanting to become famous. They were written by people who cared deeply about quality storytelling. And when I first got into the independent uh, indie game, you know, self-publishing, I learned that there was... Uh, uh, this idea that if you write a ton of stuff, you will make money, you will gain followers, you will get readers. And that simply isn't true. And so as I've been going through this process where I'm helping my clients be able to put out quality work, I thought, gosh, I must be able to scale this somehow. And so I realized that there are certain things that you can only attain when you understand what the skills of writing are. And so I, I was like, well, what can I do to become a better writer? And I started looking into writing MFA programs. 
because I already have a Bachelor of Arts in Comparative World Literature. I'm already certified by the University of California, San Diego as a copywriter. What other things could I learn? And I started talking to friends who have been through MFA programs, and I realized they're not really learning how to become a quality writer either. They're going through these weird critiquing processes where they write a bunch, they give the project to their professor or advisor or the group that they're working with, and then everybody says, I like this, I don't like that, da 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 And <laughs> there's no system in place for learning those six things that I realized were really turning off readers. Readers hate these things. And so I was like, well, what if I come up with a way to teach my clients and my friends, right, because a lot of my friends are writers, to stop doing these six things? And that's when I had the epiphany that I should turn right this way into a course and into a workbook. And so I started working on that. And I started podcasting every day. I did, I'm did. i still like really close to the end of the 70-day challenge. I have five episodes left after this. And that's going to finish out the Self-Empathy for Writers uh, series. But the thing is, I needed to figure out how to share my message about this. And I thought back to when I was feeling really bad, standing in front of my daughter's teacher, and the shame spiral that I was in as I found out that the teacher had seen one of my books and a book that I knew was not that great and a book that I had poured myself into, but myself didn't seem to be enough. And I was like, well, how can I change this for myself? And then when I started working as an editor, I thought, how can I change this for my clients? And that's when I came up with the idea of creating a story filter. And the thing is, when you write more and you don't use the story filter, your writing doesn't change. And I also wanted to avoid going through critique groups because if you've been in one, you know how intimidating it is and how stressful it can be and how you basically get your heart broken every time you meet with this group of people. And the, like, the feedback isn't always helpful and sometimes it's hurtful. And a lot of times it's super vague and there's nothing you can do to execute on it. But then when I was reading through all these books for the book exchanges and I realized that there was a pattern, I thought, if I can see the pattern, I can teach people how to avoid how to avoid doing these things that suck the life out of the story. And the simple truth is when you are creating a story, you want to make the reader feel something that's like, that's my definition of what a successful writer is. Is it have they made you feel the way that they want you to feel for better or for worse, whether that's sad or mad or glad or angry or, you know, uh, remorseful, any of those things, regretful. And so when you are, when you're writing a story, you have to take away all the parts of your story that don't convey those feelings and get in the way of the reader understanding what the feelings are. So, you know, honestly, I've had a pretty, pretty awful day. I worked at the polls yesterday and I was trying to figure out what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with this business? How can I actually help writers? And that's when I was like, you know, I'm just going to do an episode right now for expensive words and on uh, Instagram live to take stock of the things that I've learned 
the the new methods I've created and the things that I've seen work for my clients. But I also want to acknowledge the fact that I am not into I'm not in storytelling to make a bunch of money. That's not why I do it. I'm in it because I love making people feel something and I love feeling something myself and I love helping my clients make people feel something through storytelling. Like if you look at my back wall, it's full of some of my favorite stories. You can see the sun is also a star. I dare you to read that book and not feel something because there are a lot of feelings and they're really complicated and that's how life is. But good storytelling can't live in a world where all these details and formatting errors and, you know, (laughs) reader barriers exist because you're making the reader work so hard and they just, it's not worth it to them. And so that's why I think all these guru book marketing things don't work is because they're telling you how to get readers initially. They're not telling you how to keep readers. And in order to keep readers, you need to write a really compelling story. So that's where I'm at today. I'm working really hard to figure out how to share these things with you and tell you how to share these things with your readers. And if you're listening to this or watching this, I just want you to know you're not alone and I'm here for you, and I'm working hard to make sure that you can tell the story of your heart without all those barriers, because if you care about storytelling, that's where it begins, is with quality, because if you don't have quality, it doesn't matter how good your initial marketing is, you will not be able to keep readers, you will not be able to build a career, and If you want to be a professional storyteller, you need to be able to leverage those powerful stories to be able to keep writing the stories, right? That's why we want to get paid, so we can keep making the stories and helping people, helping people through our storytelling. So I hope that you are having a great day, a better day than I am, and I hope that when your daughter sneaks your book out of her house to show her entire class that you will have gone through the steps to know that she's showing them a story that you can be proud of because that's my goal for myself. That's my goal for you. And once again, it is never too late to tell the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.